everybody. Welcome back. Hey, listeners. It's me, Trenton Rashad. And Marcus Drew Steele. And you're officially listening to Cold Pop. Yes, this is episode 13. Oh my gosh. Like Friday the 13th. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah. get in the spirit of Halloween. Come on. Yeah, that's just, that's a reach. But okay. Um, <laughs> so much going on this week. Yes. Uh, that we're going to talk about. Lots of things that we want to get into. But first, let's do the weekly recap. Marcus, what was going on with you? My boring ass life. Not a damn thing. Nothing but work. Okay. Um, I have been cemented in work for the last week and a half and you know just really we're coming up on the end of the year here story of my life go ahead right i can't wait to get to you um we're coming up on the end of the year here and so we're trying to uh not only wrap up projects for the end of the year but also um start thinking about uh 2020 so i mean it's been a crazy thing to think about um I've been at my job for about a year and a half now, almost. Come so, on, a year? I know, right? It's been very crazy. So, but I've literally been doing nothing. I've been up in the gym working on my fitness, okay, um, five days a week, going to the going to work, and then taking my ass home. Yeah, that's it. I feel like right now, especially in the city, it's that time where things are definitely starting to Wind die down. down. <laughs> and it's like, let me go to work. Let me get my behind home. Right. This wind is hitting me. Right. Um, in my face. It was so like, windy earlier this week. Yeah, so it's it's around that time, and I feel like that's also been my story. Work is definitely heavy, as it always is. I don't think that... Um, <laughs> I, I guess if you would ask our listeners, like, work never slows down for me. It doesn't, um, though. Which is something to... In the summertime, you're either at a retreat or doing something. Definitely something I need to think about. In the fall but, time, it's back to um, school with kids. In those times, I've been able to kind of get away... Um, I had some. I had a good, some good times. I got to hang out with the friends. We uh, went out this past weekend and oh, did yeah, that, we did. and we did. yeah, and then um, was able to catch up and get drinks with people. We went to the movies. I saw the Joker. Look at you being social. Um, yeah, so that was fun. And then also like trying to catch up with as much TV as possible. Same. Um, so the Succession finale, as well uh, as <laughs> the Power, which I guess you could call the penultimate slash. It's just the last pin- season. It it's the last season, but it's the mid season, and it's a lot of different oh, so it's things like going. The winter finale. Oh my gosh, Courtney Kemp is doing the most when it comes to power, and anyone who watches Power or has a Star subscription, you know that she's doing the most this season. Um, so she's definitely taking us for a ride. I it took me three times to like watch the episode fully. Oh really? All together, just because of how. I feel like how drawn out it was, but what didn't disappoint was the succession finale. No, I am obsessed. I, I and you were telling me you a couple find, of weeks ago. I, y'all, I've been trying to tell him, and you y'all know that me. I've been trying to get him on board. Yes, I. So I, I did a power hour, and so I um, earlier this week I watched two episodes a night just so that I could talk about it today, and I made it through. And I literally just watched the season finale today, earlier today. Um, very, very good. A lot better than the first season. Um, here are my quick takeaways from Succession. Um, I've always liked Kendall. I, I, I he's. Mm, I think no. out of the se- the series, Kendall is the protagonist. Like I, I think he's a he's a flawed hero. I think he's a flawed hero. He's a drug addict, and you know he's <laughs> got a, a love hate relationship with his family. Definitely a drug addict. Definitely a backstabber. Yeah, a but he means well. 
You know, what? like I, I definitely think he means well because I think no. his in his vision, he wants the company to succeed. And he sees a Marcus, lot of no. He sees a, well, and I'm gonna tell you why. I'm gonna tell you why. Yo. He wants the company to succeed by any means necessary. Which in that's turn not true. It, no, that's very true. But it's also in turn, it shows that he's got the same traits that Logan does, because Logan wants the company to succeed by any means necessary. It just goes about Who's willing to do the dirtiest or the shistiest shit no. to make sure that the company, Logan the family legacy see, succeeds? Logan wants to see the company succeed because it is his child. It is his name. Logan only cares about Kendall, himself. Yes, because, I mean, he started the company. Kendall wants to see it succeed under his tutelage, under his reign. I think that's how he it, wants to in see season it. one, that's, that's how, Kendall, how it definitely started. And that's definitely how it's been. That's definitely how it's season been. Season two, I don't season think Season so. two, the only reason... Why Kendall was being as loyal is because he knew that his father helped could him get rid of get that him in yeah. any. I mean, Spoiler at any alert. second, at right. any second, that thing could have completely flipped. And so Kendall knew that he had that situation, and as soon as he saw an opportunity to flip it back, to flip the tables again, he did it. But I, so I'll say this. When we picked up on season two, I watched a little after special. Kendall's definitely not a hero. I'm not. Say, know, I mean, he's an anti-hero. He's yeah, absolutely, absolutely. An anti-hero. Anti- but he's still the he's still one of the protagonists. Rihanna, anti. Um, when we picked up on season two, I watched a little after show thingy, and they were saying that it picked up 48 hours after he was in London and he had the car wreck, and so like he was still right. shocked. He was still in a state of shock. And like his dad was having him go. Yeah, you could see that. He was just a shell of his former self. Here's what I, here's what bugs the hell out of me is that, and I wish, and maybe this is a flaw for all of them that the writers have purposely put in. If Shiv, Roman, and Kendall like actually teamed up. Don't leave Connor out. (laughs) You see, I left him out on purpose. (laughs) If Shiv, Roman, and Kendall actually teamed up, like they could rule, like they That's could be their heads. father, but like they're all smart in their own ways, and they're all they can't. This is what aggravates me: is that none of them can get out of their own way. Well, my question is: what makes you think that they haven't already teamed up? What makes you right. think that this is not right. a ploy of the three to children get to go Logan, around? Since Logan because chose how did Kendall even know that Greg had those documents? Good question. So Good how? Question. Did, I mean. I think that what we'll find out is that this was actually a ploy the whole time between the three children to say, let's get him out of the picture. If he's not going to name one of us, like let's let's force it. Yeah. Let's take him out and let's force him to, that's a good question. Somebody. I'm going to say so, the, uh, the other, the only flaw to that theory is that, I mean, they were in Greece. So like it's a long flight from Greece back to New York and Greg was with him. So they could have had that conversation separately and, Kendall could have came up with that. For plane. me, there would have been no reason for Greg to get on the plane other that than that. That was my question, was why that did was Greg the go only with him? Reason. Yeah, I was confused. I, I understand Greg is like the EA, the executive assistant. Right. But why did he there go with no him? There was no other reason. Yeah, I was confused about that too. So that was that's what that was. Anyway, Succession was great. Hold on, I got one more thing I want to say. Oh gosh, okay. I hate Tom and I hate Greg. Who doesn't hate Tom? Um, Tom, what's his last name? Wamsgan. But I think, you know what? Tom is definitely Tom someone, is fed up. Tom's fed the fuck up. Tom is definitely fed up. Tom came into a family thinking that one thinking one way that he was going to, that this was an entry point. And it was not. And it wasn't. And I think it was a win-win for him. He found someone he actually genuinely cared about, genuinely loved. And 
that person basically has tossed and played around in his face the entire time. But I think it's safe to say that Shiv and Tom are not on the same level. I think that's safe to say. I think Shiv is definitely a higher level than Tom. Tom is the this the Midwest higher level in what sense though? And just the sense of like number one navigating in the circles that they have to navigate in, and number two just business acumen. I think Tom acumen. is definitely business Phil, acumen wise. Tom I wouldn't say business acumen. Himself. I think I think Tom is definitely Tom doesn't necessarily come from money. I think that he does come from money. I think that, uh, I think he's been in those circles and he's navigated that. Um, I think I think that they are on the same level in that sense. But I don't think, yeah, I, I agree with you that definitely Shiv is the more dominant because yeah. she has a more of a, a keen, cunning, um, strategic. Well, she comes from the political realm. So, yeah, yeah. I just say I love the show. You were right. Season two was really Y'all, good. I tried to get him on. We could have been talking about Succession I for know, a long time. So I, I mean, that's I mean, we could have been doing that weekly now. But it's so good, and so I definitely know they'll be back for season three. Right. So. Okay, let's move on to our other segment that we love, entitled Woo Chow, where we get to hit the hottest moments in pop culture that made us say Woo Chow. (laughs) All right, should I go first or you? Uh, Well, my first one's a doozy, so why don't you go first? Okay, let's start. So Lisa Ray, Lisa Ray, and her talking about her husband um, on the upcoming TV One show, Unset. Yes, Dwayne. Ex-husband. No, no, no. That's not her husband. Oh. But her husband was the um, former chief minister of Turks and Caicos. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Michael yeah, yeah. Uh, Missick. She's like the queen but, mother now. So, yeah, no. she was the first lady there for quite some yes. time. But yes. what she's talking about in this documentary, she is talking about Dwayne Martin. Okay. And so what I found funny is I was like, child, huh? Nicole Murphy ain't the only one being blamed for the uh, falling of this marriage between Ooh. Lisa Ray and the... Um, and Michael Missick. Uh-huh. It's also, she's named Dwayne Martin as an accomplice. How so, Sway? Okay, so in this documentary, or not documentary, but in this TV show, Uncensored, Lisa Ray on TV One, she's basically talking about her worst mistake in introducing her husband to Dwayne Martin, the actor, who we know is married to Tisha Campbell Martin. Was. Was, um, is part of, you know, all of us. I think he was in all of us. Yes. Yeah, so um, that's the show him and Lisa yeah, Ray were on. So those types of things. Um, she basically goes in on this situation saying and says, what? well, basically saying that that was the worst mistake that she's ever made in introducing them to because once they started to get in cahoots with each other, she felt like that she, her relationship with him was a lot less strong than her his relationship with Dwayne Martin. They seem to be very buddy buddy. And I thought it was Ooh, actually her husband and her Dwayne husband Martin? and Dwayne Martin. And I actually okay. thought it was going to another Oh like I thought, a game realm. Of course that's where my mind went. But right. no, she went on to explain that basically what she started to see was that Dwayne Martin would start to introduce her husband to other women. at that time to other women. And also maybe share Things from Lisa Ray's past that Dwayne Martin was privy to. She said uh, that she looked at Dwayne Martin as like a brother. You okay. know, he had information. Yes, he knew about her past. He knew things about her but she that were very intimate. That against her. But never thought that he would gotcha. use those things against her. And so she says that that was something that really did shake her. Um, in which, in which how it happened from this kind of gradual friendship that started off, and then her not being on the inside anymore, that those two were in kind of a 
relationship of their own. Um, not anything romantic or anything like that, right. but she never Our thought bromance. that, you know, as a brother, you knew my dirt, and I never thought that you would use those things. And she right. said, right. she still, I mean, it, to this day, she does not, she does not fuck with him. Um, well. And so I thought that that was interesting. I, I guess my thing is, and what I keep going back to is like, at that point, once you started to see those changes, like where do those ultimatums, ultimatums come and where do you start inserting the boundaries between right. friend and husband? Or like addressing the behavior and right. say showing your concern or something like that, which I'm sure she probably did. Well, she but... said she started to see more and more like he would travel less without her. Like at first she was going everywhere as, you know, her role as the first lady of Turks and Caicos. And, uh-huh. Um and then oh, you're saying that she would travel? She would travel with her husband a lot, but then right. once they started to become buddy-buddy, her husband and Dwayne Martin... Would do the traveling, and that, she wouldn't... Yeah, and then she was just like, well, what's... Hey, what's right. going on? Um, so I thought it was really interesting that she talked a little bit about this, and this paired with Nicole Murphy's whole involvement with her this. whole drama. Kind of gives me the idea that this probably... This was not a good situation to begin with. Right. It probably wasn't the strongest foundation. Mm-hmm. Um, or so. to crumble like that. Yeah, for sure. But well, could you imagine? I if and trust me, if you started introducing people to my old man, honey, that would be the end of you. <laughs> okay. Who am I going to introduce him to that I'm he don't saying, already know? Like that he's is true. the the mayor of Chicago. So don't don't put that out there because people <laughs> really start thinking I'm dating Lori Lightfoot. And Trish, you, you need to get what? your man some suits. You need to get your right. You need to get your man a tailor. No, please suit don't don't please do not put that out there. So, but yeah, so that You're was a uh, very interesting, very interesting story that I that I made me go woo chow. You're real messy. What about you? Okay, so ready or not, here I come. Oh gosh, I already know. It's, I already know where this is going. I'm gonna find you. Gosh, so. Gina Rodriguez is in the news, obviously. I mean, unless you're living under a rock, you obviously know what this is about. I like her so much. And, like, ah, sometimes she just can't get out of her own way. So Gina was on her Instagram story. She was in the makeup trailer. Yeah. Singing along to Fuji's, you know. Lauren Hill was her favorite singer. And I can do what you do easy. Front niggas give me heebie-jeebies. So that's what she said, and people started coming for her neck and was like, Gina, yeah. you can't say nigga. What are you doing? What is she doing? No, or whatever. And so then she went on to apologize. She apologized once, and she was like, I'm sorry if I offended anyone. And then people weren't happy with that. And well, so then she did another apology. Wait, 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 wait. Because right. don't gloss. I'm not glossing. I know that it apology was a half-hearted was apology. very... It was. That apology was very. Um, she was like, um, y'all, are y'all mad? Yeah. It was like, well, I. She was like, I, Lauren Hill is one of my favorite artists. I grew up on her, and I didn't think anything of it. And I'm sorry if I, if anyone was offended by that. That was definitely not my intention. But I, I grew up on Lauren Hill, so I, again, I apologize if anyone was offended. Yeah, I, I mean, to me. That was a, you can be mad, but I'm still going to sing. Right. That was like, so what? Like, I'm going to do, this is my artist. Like, this is my. Right. This is my girl. Um, Here's my thing. 
Okay, go ahead. So the debate has sparked up. It's been all over Twitter. Right. Um, of course, Cardi B has been coming to mind. Exactly. Number one. But again, people, you know, people get on Twitter and start doing diatribes and stuff like that and saying Cardi B is Dominican. She said she's Dominican and therefore that makes her black. And so therefore she's allowed okay. to say it. But then you start bringing up other Hispanic ladies like Jennifer Lopez. She said nigga before in the past plenty of times. And ain't nobody gotten on her about it. What Now what song was that? Did she say? I'm real. Uh, yeah. Tell the but they don't hear me though. though. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, she did. Yeah. And so then why should Gina be any different? So my thing is, is that G- number one, Gina is a woman of color. Now, I'm pretty sure she does not identify as an Afro-Latina no, in that she sense. Um, <laughs> she can't. Oh, However, I, I, I just, I'm not, I'm not as upset as everyone else is. I guess I'll say that. I'm going to be very honest with you. I'm not either, to be honest. I'm not that bothered. But what, where it started to go left mm-hmm. was that half-ass apology. Pop. Yeah. I agree with that. I agree with that. I think I think we've gotten into a culture of people like to pick and choose. And so it's like, oh, well, if we don't like you, then uh, we're just going to come for your neck if you do something we don't like. But in, in retrospect, Gina's not the only Hispanic or Latina who has said nigga. And she definitely won't be the last. So, I mean, if we're going to if we're going to if we're going to do this culture of quote this cancel culture which i don't believe in by the way then we need to be consistent you know as a black community we need to be consistent and it needs to be across the board like we can't pick and choose and honestly i'm still half i'm still not really that convinced on cardi b like i understand she's dominican and there are all different types of black people and stuff like that fully aware of that i don't need anybody to educate me on any of that but i mean again cardi b doesn't go around saying you know she's black like i i've read an interview where she said that she claimed her blackness and said you know she's like i'm dominican i'm mm-hmm. not mexican and you know um there are all different types of black and stuff like that but i mean to me cardi's in the same boat jennifer lopez is in the same boat um what's old girl from orange is the new black um she is dash or whatever oh dasha polanco yeah she claims to be afro latina i'm sure she says nigga you know, I mean, so so what what is the what is the where's the line? Where's the line? You know, are, are we being consistent or are we cherry picking? That's my question. I think this is what I think. I feel like there might. I think people make decisions or assumptions, either or, mm-hmm. however you want to look at it based on what people's assumed or projected struggles could be. Right. So Gina Rodriguez, who is, you know, very beautiful, right? Privilege has some type of privilege as an A-lister, Hollywood actress, those types of things. I think that people kind of see that and like want to immediately call those privileges like but every actor has those same privileges not I think... necessarily no 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 <laughs> because like if you look at like a cardi b if you look at like you know someone else like that 
who's who's been really open about like their struggle and where they've come from and things like that. Um, I think that that can kind of help speak a little bit more and give people allowances and passes. See, but that, that's not how this works, though. Like, you can't you can't cherry pick. Well, you can't tell Black Twitter what to do, Marcus. You clearly cannot. Like, you can't make you cannot, that decision. Which is why so I, I just I scroll choose, and watch. People choose what they want to do. People choose what they want to talk about. Right. I, and I honestly, I think they I had it out for Gina because Gina has been notorious in the past. For when, um, you know, other actresses of color, black actresses, have spoken out and said stuff about, you know, like, oh, well, you know, this is, you know, this is black. And, you know, like, we've got a black cast. And then Gina would be the one, the one person to be like, no, all people of color or all, you know, she would be, she would be that, that girl. And so I think a lot of people got mad at her for that because she always kept trying to stifle black actresses having, you know, their moment and stuff and sort of encompass, trying to encompass all people of color in that. And so I think a lot of people hmm. were already pressed about her in that sense. And so they were just oh, waiting I for her. Oh, I do remember that. Yeah, I it do was remember with Yara that. Shahidi. Yeah. Yara Shahidi were in there. She's talking about I do remember that. black. I forgot what movie they were both in. No, I do remember that, and I do remember when Black Panther came out, and she was like, but yeah. where are the Latinos? Right. And it's like, baby. So this might baby. be just added pieces. Absolutely. So I just I just want to say woo child to that, because Gina has had a rough week. Okay. What you got? All right. I do have something else that's not on the agenda. Child, I'm bringing child. it up, but it's on my spirit Here now that go. we're talking about this. Come on. I want to talk about it. So earlier this week, there were some um, tweets that surfaced from a former dancer for Tadra Call. Okay. Are you yes, familiar? I'm very okay. familiar. I read the thread. So I, and I read the thread as well. But anyway, basically to break it down and what give you a summary. Say, I did the research and the tights were ripped. Right. So there was a... a Dancer from, from his video fag. Yep, from that of, video, but also had done a couple of he other also projects. Did nails, hills, yep. nails, hair, hip, hills with him. And this and this former dancer took to Twitter to really air grievances about professionalism and colorism. Oh, the, the girls within Tadra Paul's camp. <laughs> um, so this to kind of, like I said, just to give you a quick summary. Basically, this was a dancer who had not been paid for multiple projects mm -hmm. um, in terms of things that they've completed for Tadra Call. Either videos they've, they've danced, particularly the, vid, the, the fag, fag video, video, as well as some other projects that had, he had done in the past, but like had just kind of like let that slide because mm -hmm. there was exposure to come from that and those types of things. Goes on to talk a little bit about what it's like to be on set with Tadric mm -hmm. um, and kind of brings into instance he calls a, him a, coon. a situation in which Tadra Call basically wanted to, there to be more white dancers. Um, so this was a dancer of color mm -hmm. and that there were there he was had a, made the comment he said, Oh it's, it's too chocolate. Too chocolate. Yeah. Well, it's, it's too chocolate back here. Lighten it up. Yeah. So he's like, we need to yeah, we need to switch the dancers out. It's, yeah. it looks a little too chocolate. Um, things like this Paired with unprofessionalism, not paying people, um, talking to people crazy. These were all things that were brought up in this this long thread of tweets. Mm -hmm. And there were some dancers that kind of co-signed and were like, yeah, yes. that was my experience too. And I was just kind of like head in my hands. I really didn't know what but to do. Are we surprised? 
I mean, I, and the reason why I say that is because we saw the documentary. And right. Highly. Okay, so, okay. So let me preface this. I like Todrick, but Love I also him. understand that there are some things that make him problematic. Yeah. We, I've watched, what was the name of the documentary? Behind the Curtain. Yeah. Very unorganized. Shooting things last minute. You know, literally shooting a video and having to edit it the same day because the whole thing is supposed to debut tomorrow. Um, he he does he he calls in a lot of favors because he's an independent artist, so therefore right. he has I no guess, budget, no label, no. no backing, nor anything. I get like all that. of that. I get that. It's fine. However, a lot of the issues that I see a lot of people have for him is because he. Um, it's the lack of professionalism and the lack of color in his camp. Well, I mean, yeah, that's going to be from evident. a lot of things that I see, or a lot of a lot of things that I've seen people say are um, he only dates white men, which we've seen um, a lot of. But his you know camp, what? Okay, actually, I think he is dating a man of color right now. Okay, great. Everybody gets a first go. Oh, kudos, okay. good for okay. him. But in the past, that's not been the case. Okay, and that you know a lot of his. Friends or whatever are white. Now I yeah. This I would disagree because he has black friends. He Bob the drag queen, Monet Exchange, and a couple other queens and stuff like Shangela. Like he does, okay. but I mean, like his main core group are white people. I mean, I don't necessarily think there's anything wrong with that, but I think when you build your brand off associating with just white people, that's when it becomes problematic. I think mm-hmm. he has a platform that where he could be as black as he wants to be and he doesn't he does he chooses not to be and for instance in the thread and he was talking about oh it's too chocolate right here why does it why does that why is that an issue i think that he knows his fan base and he knows um but he's already started to switch it up because he's gone from literally doing every kind of Oz, uh, Wizard of Oz rendition Disney, that you can think of, yeah. Disney, to now switching it up to do more adult-themed things. So switch it up. I love the fag video. I love that it was all black. I was like, it's about time. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think what you'll see, though, is that with someone who is doing things independently, like, it comes kind of crazy. Now, I do not excuse this dancer not being paid. Right. Also, they said that they've been trying to contact Todrick, contact the team. He all said of those he reached things. out to Todrick, dude. And the calls were and the calls email, had voicemail, and no reply. And no replies had happened. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't condone that type of behavior. Um, it seems as though things did get taken care of. Oh, did they? The dancer returned back to Twitter and says that Todrick actually reached back out to him personally. And That's was because Todrick got that heat. Right. <laughs> Reached back out to him Todrick personally. Press. And was like, you know, hey, the sorry, I've been on, on tour. This is where the focus has been. I apologize. This is, you know, um, we'll get you taken care of. I may have bitten off more than I can chew. Because there have been instances where Todd where money, I guess, has been tight uh for him. But also went back and said, just for you know, just for advice, like never do this again. Like with Twitter, like never. I, I advise that you don't do this because people won't want to work with you after and that that entire. So he thing. threatened them. 
I, I mean, I like that was part of the conversation, part. but I, I just find it really, um, I find it sad. I find it sad that there's not that support and not that want to be as professional with people. Right. Um, when you're, when you, even when you are doing things independently, like I get it. Yeah. It's probably hard. It's probably Absolutely. tough. Absolutely. And like in the behind the curtain documentary, you see exactly how much he is a part of every single thing. Well, um, but see, that wasn't the issue I had. My issue was, was why was so much left to the last minute? Like, you knew you were putting a visual album together. You knew that you had to do this. So why was everything left to, oh, we're going to film this video today, but the whole album is released two days from now. So why are we waiting to the last minute to do all of these things? You know, I'm I don't a planner. know. I mean, maybe it's I'm a, a planner, scheduling thing. Girl. Maybe it's that. I don't know. Maybe. But, you know, I think, Todrick, you really got to be able to, you got to hit it home, baby, and bring it in tight. You don't want to be out here not paying the girls because you know they're going to talk right. about you and you know they're going to put your business out. I, I think, and I think that comment that you said that Todrick said to him, it works both ways. One, maybe Twitter's not the way that that dancer should have handled it. But number two, Todrick, you may also want to be wary. But people have you been start saying to build that a rep- for years. Right. Like, and I think that's, a, not, that's like, the thing. You're starting to build a reputation of people disliking you or having a lot of grievances after coming off of your sets. That's not the reputation that you want to build either. Because yeah. that's going to make a lot of people not want to work with you either. Ooh, child. I don't know. <laughs> so. It's a mess. Um, okay. Let's move on. Um, this is a definite woo child for me because I don't even know how to take this. So, according to thatgrapejuice.net, never heard of this website before, but so take this with a grain of salt. But the headline states, Lil' Kim's nine projected to sell under a thousand units in its opening week. Dang. So, the girls ain't buying her music, the dolls, the dolls ain't buying the music, what's... What's going on? So Lil' Kim it just released her, I don't know what number album this is, but it was entitled Nine. Um, and apparently, first week Nobody's sales, buying it? Under 1,000 units. Not even 100,000. Under 1,000 units. Now, I, I've been looking to see, like, I find another site that, co- that confirm this or corroborate this, and I haven't been able to, so definitely take this with a grain of salt. Do you think it's because of the competition? There's so many girls out here right now. I think it has to do with relevancy. People excited about JT? Like, what's going on? (laughs) I think it has to do with relevancy. I think... I don't know... So, wait, wait. I don't know if this is a full album. Is this a full album? Chad, I don't know. Let me see. Don't get me to lie. Because she should have done what Missy did and did, like, a little mixtape. Or something like that. Uh, it says nine is expected to debut outside of the top twenty when this week's Billboard 200 rolls in because its first week figure, at least according to projections, is set to sit under a thousand units pure sales mark. Mm, but I would say that I would have to say it's supply and demand, right? There's so many girls out here right now there trying are. to do the thing that she's originated, which is good. And though. I think it is. Competition yeah, I think it's helping. that. And I, I mean, yes. A lot of new um, whippersnappers, teeny boppers, are not familiar with whippersnappers. Um, Lil Kim. So that's true. I, I, I mean, even though they're not familiar, I would still think that she has a loyal fan base. 
I would that say was the other part of the story. Ten years, my senior at least, yeah. you know, that are going to go out there and purchase. Well, I mean, now there's a campaign on Twitter to like go stream the album. And well, buy the I mean, album come on, nobody's going to be up, doing all of that but... to just get your numbers up. Like, <laughs> I mean, look him, get your fans. I guess I, people don't buy music these days unless you're in like the top. You know, you got a machine behind you. That's very true. Or your chance to rapper. They don't. You know, I mean, it's tough. It's tough out here. Competition is real and album sales matter. Yeah. So, okay. Um, you have anything else for Wu Chow? No, I think that's it for me. All right. Well, let's go ahead and move on. We've got a new segment that we're going to introduce here. Um, and it is a pop-up news segment we have just to kind of cover some other stories. Um, that we have going on, some more hard news and things like that. Yeah, this so, is Marcus's ploy for more airtime. You know, you know, the girls always got to get in where they fit in. You know, some people like to hog the microphone. Please. So, um, so anyway, so first up, we're going to obviously, sadly, um, talk about the passing of Elijah Cummings. Um, Maryland Representative Elijah E. Cummings died on Thursday, this past Thursday, from complications of long-standing health problems. Mm-hmm. Um, he was the chair of the House Oversight and Reform Committee and leading investigations into the impeachment inquiry against Donald Trump. Um, Cummings was a leader and a civil rights champion, and he was 68. Um, what do you think about this? Okay. No, I, I mean, no, to be honest with you, I think that it's, um, it, it, it's just, it's part of it, right? Like our heroes, they leave us and but like there's someone else is still to, someone young. It is, but you know, um, someone's got to pick up the torch. Someone's got to yeah. continue to carry this on. I didn't even know he was um, sick like that. And who is it going to be? And it's not even about necessarily like being sick or thing like that because it could be anybody any day, sick or not. Um, but definitely a pioneer, a champion of us and um, wants to see his people, his people being done right by so I uh, many prayers to his family, condolences Absolutely. to his family. But um, definitely, this is—I mean, this is the time. It's when you know who's who's going to be the next to carry the torch. Right. Yeah. And there's still absolutely a lot to be done. So yeah. I agree with that. Um, our other uh, news story in the headlines—it's been making headlines this week. Uh, Donald Trump is under fire for a photo he tweeted back Child, on October sixteenth. Under fire, <laughs> calling House Speaker Nancy Pelosi unhinged and having a meltdown after a tense meeting at the White House. However, many have disagreed with Trump praising Pelosi for standing up to him. Celebrities like Meghan McCain, Alyssa Milano, Chelsea Clinton have all voiced their support for the speaker, and Pelosi has also capitalized on the moment by taking the photo and making it her Twitter background photo <laughs> on Twitter. That's petty. petty. Right, I'm going to say Petty Nancy LaBelle. Petty Pelosi. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> She's here for it. She wants all the smoke, and I just, like, they have been head-to-head like since this since the beginning yeah to yeah. be honest with you since the beginning yeah they've been going head to head and it's been memes after memes you know like so that yes this is a meme but then also let's not forget her meme when she's like giving him the right, little clap the during this you know like so i think yeah. you know it's definitely 
a feud that will go down in history. So let me ask you this. Do you think that Donald Trump will be impeached? Do I think that Donald Trump will be impeached? Um, to be honest. That's why we're here. No. I agree. I don't think he'll be impeached, but I think that his approval and public opinion will skew so low that he will not win. I would Next love second. to be proven wrong, though. I would love to be proven wrong. I don't and know like, if I want Mike Pence as the interim president. I don't think. Successor. I don't know if he could do enough in that short amount of time. I feel like Mike Pence is like pulling the strings behind the scenes anyway. I don't think Donald so. Trump I don't think. I, no, 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 no. I think Donald Trump is definitely the face, the brain of the operation, Girl, like the brain. everything. Like, right, what brain? But I think that I, I don't think Mike Pence would be able to do enough with the short time. That would be between this and the um, and the election. Okay. Well, anywho, that's your pop up news brief. Uh, do you have anything else you want to add on that? No, 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 no. Okay. Well, so, we're actually going to take a break. When we come back, Trent huh, actually has a spill segment this oh, week. Oh, child, I know. Everybody, buckle up. Saying, I've never done a spill. Well, so. didn't you say that last week? You said you ain't sharing shit with these people. And then what you say? Well, that's the plan. I still don't plan to share shit. Yeah. But we'll see what happens when we come back. We'll be right back, guys. Okay, welcome back, listeners, and we are ready for our next segment entitled Spill, where we get to kind of share a little bit, a deeper look into our lives, <laughs> In, into a topic of our choice. Yes. Um, and this week for Spill, my topic is We're all titled, Will We Get Married? <laughs> well, you know that's happening for me anytime soon. Well, you never know. So I think one of the things you gotta have that a man first, Savannah. It's so funny because I think one of the things outside of you, Marcus, and um, we've I've just been in lots of talks with friends about you know relationships and marriage, and yep. you know once you kind of hit. 30, Meet me at the altar in your white And I've dress. definitely been to as many weddings as I could name this summer. So um, it's just a it's conversation. Then. And once you get our age, there's definitely pressures and attitudes of where you should be at. And when you're going to settle things. down. And yeah, all of Why that stuff. Why you date nobody? And so it really got me to thinking about millennials and marriage and how we view marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, and how that is happening. So, you know, I had that uh, family reunion uh, not too long ago, and I had a older cousin who was, you know, I think in like late 40s, 50s, Mm -hmm. kind of say, you know, shared her viewpoint was like, y'all millennials, y'all ain't doing nothing. Y'all not getting married. Y'all not having no babies. Um, You know, what's going on? And it kind of, that as well as some of the recent conversations have gotten me to thinking about how we view marriage. And, it, it's no secret that more millennials are mar- are single. Excuse me. Or getting married later in life. Definitely, we are definitely getting married later in life. Yeah. And we are a lot more single than we've had. A lot um, more single um, <laughs> in previous never years. Lie. So it's <laughs> it's just uh, one of those things that Check. we kind of have to look. <laughs> But I'll drink to that. 
what got what really got me to thinking was you know looking at stats and stuff. So it was interesting. There was a uh, there was a article on the Gottman Institute which talks about it's a research uh, it's a research based approach to relationships, uh-huh. and they talk a little bit about how millennials are redefining marriage. And one of the things that was really interesting was that in 1965, the average marrying age for women was 21. Yep, real young. Right. And for men, it was 23. Real young. I think my parents got married at 24. Okay. 20, 23, 24. And now the average age for marriage is 29 for women and 30 for men. Well, I guess I'm missing that curve. So... Too. And then I started thinking about, okay, well, that's like heterosexual, right? What about right. for the gays? What does Gay that look like? And so that kind of led me community. <laughs> that kind of led me down a, a rabbit hole it's like suspended of, animation. Well, I mean, this is the thing that you have to think about, right? Like, if you're coming out at a later date, right? Like, if you're coming I out came later, out at 25. Come on. So, like, think about that, right? Like, think about that piece. Okay. So I've only been literally dating for about five years now. Exactly. So that's definitely going to put you at a later, that's going to put you at a later than your counter, than your heterosexual counterparts. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So when we look at, so there was a study conducted, I want to say 2018, um, by Ameritrade that focused on LGBTQ and straight millennials and their attitudes towards money, marriage, retirement, life. In general, okay. that kind of stuff. And one of the things were that half um, of the straight millennials were married compared to, so that was like around 52% mm-hmm. compared to the LGBTQ millennials, which are at 29%. That doesn't surprise Almost me. Almost half of that. Yeah, um, does not surprise me. What it went on to say was that Gay millennials are also more likely than straight millennials to be singled and never married. That's what scares me. Um, or in a serious relationship, but unmarried. How do you feel about that? If you were in a serious relationship, but you never got married. I think that uh, that's not too... Um, that's not too out of the woods. I mean, I think if I'm in a serious relationship with someone and we just choose not to get married, I'm fine with that. What do you think, I guess, for me, what do you think the biggest reasons or indicators of millennials not getting married, because gay or straight? Focused on career. Everybody's focused on money. Like, times are hard. So funny that you say that. So that's bingo. So in that study... Um, at the Gottman Institute, mm-hmm. there was a study from the Pew Research Center, which really basically was like, okay, why aren't y'all fucking getting married? What's going on? Right. And 29% of those millennials felt like they were not financially ready. Yeah. Student debt is higher than it's ever been. Yeah. Right? I um, wouldn't necessarily lament uh, financial stability onto, you know, me not getting married. Well, I feel like that, that is how most millennials look at it. I, and I agree. I, I, I guess I'm, I'm half and half on that. Like, if I met a good man tomorrow and we both fell head over heels for each other and, you know, he proposed, because 
I would not be proposing to anyone. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, I will be getting proposed to. I'm joking. Oh, okay. I, that, don't Y'all heard me, that. Don't take me seriously. I'm joking. Um, I would get married, you know, and I'd be like, we would figure it out. You know, I mean, I think in the sense, though, my in my headspace, and I'm sure the headspace of a lot of other millennials as well, is that, you know, there's a, like there's a point in my career that I want to be at. You know, I want to be I want to be able to show something. I want to be able to bring something to the table. Right. You know, and I think there are show times, something as in what, though? Like what? What do you need to show? What do you need to bring to the table? Uh, not only my financial stability. Clearly. So we're at, all right. Finances. What else? But also the fact that, number one, you have goals, you have ambition. <laughs> Bingo. You have, you so, know, a career takes me that... to the next point from the Gottman Institute. Okay. Millennials place personal needs and values first, more so in comparison to generations that came before them. Okay. Um, so when it comes to career, financial future, um, you know, jobs, education, those types of things, millennials are definitely placing a higher um, tax on those rather than the status of being married slash starting a family. Right. Um, I, so, I mean, I guess I, I I agree with that, but at the same time, I absolutely want to get married one day. I absolutely want to start a well, family. Well, you better start focusing. I, again, you got to have a man first before you do any of that. And so until that time comes, I have no choice but to focus on my career and to focus on making sure that I meet the goals that I, you know, want to accomplish. Mm-hmm. And then if that man comes along, I don't want to say if or when that man comes along, then we'll move from there. And I'll be very open to uh, making sure that, you know, we build a nice, happy home for ourselves. The last thing that the Godman Institute also shared, um, it was a really interesting read, and I'm going to send you this article, Marcus, so you can Please. read through it. But there's also a higher question that comes from millennials when we refer to the institution of marriage. And I think that that also coincides with the LGBTQ community as well, right? So like- What do you mean be more specific? So for instance, the majority of millennials are products of divorce. Okay. And so there is a question of- Is marriage worth it? Is marriage worth it? Yeah. What does monogamy look like? Yeah. Um, We're in a more sexually fluid generation and yes. a more sexually fluid time all of those things and so those things are brought into question of you know this fidelity this this kind of this structure of marriage and this social construct if you will so i mean so to that i would just say yes i agree um marriage has become something that's maybe not as important i also think monogamy has kind of transformed into a little bit more fluidity or openness but i think that you just have to do as an individual as a millennial or whatever you have to do your due diligence and your responsibility figuring out what fits best for you what is going to make you or help you be excuse me the best the best you that you can be knowing what you want and what you want to achieve and i think that that and i mean to speak to that i think that millennials are doing that both straight and gay regardless of, you know, orientation, I feel like they're definitely, we have a stronger sense of identity. Yes. We are really focused on our goals, but then also what makes us 
happy. I think the <laughs> crux of that, though, is that we, I think what kind of maybe trips up millennials is that we get so tunnel vision that we forget to stop and think about, you know, or like really experience, you know, what it means to love someone or what it means to be actually in a relationship with someone. Because right now it just feels like it's all individualistic to me hmm. in a sense of, you know, just like you were saying that, you know, millennials are very focused on themselves and focused on who they are as individuals instead of, you know, and when you find that person building something with them and really going the extra mile to, you know, be a team, you know, that's very, that's very, and, and I say that because I am a rare commodity. I come from a household where my parents are still together. Um, they've been together for, my parents have been together for 34 years. Okay, you're 38, 34. Okay. Yeah, about 34 years, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 34. Now, I'm all my brother is. Because you're 38. I'm not. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think um, I think that that's that's a, that's an issue. I think that I think that's something to keep in mind. Um, there's a lot of individualism, and um, sometimes that that can that can hurt you. That can affect you. Well, I started this segment with the question, when we get married? The answer hasn't changed. I don't know, girl. <laughs> I don't know. And this is what I'll say. And to, this is to kind of wrap this up and so we can move on. But I think that there are more things that are at play that people are not thinking about. Right? So mm -hmm. millennials, my people out there, stop comparing yourself to what your mom, your dad, maybe your older brother, sister, wherever they were at, it's just not going to be the same. Right. It's not going to look like that. There yeah. are so many other things that we're thinking about and that are at play um, rather than just being married at doing 24. that. I mean, yeah, or having children um, at that age. Like my mom at my age had four kids. You're right. Like, I say by now, my parents Can you imagine? And so there's and so many the other things that are at play. And I just ask that you keep those things in mind and not get discouraged um, because those people are out there and we're like... Are we're, they though? They're definitely out there. They're I'm working through their things. They're working through their things just as you're working through yours. And you will get... We'll all get there eventually. I will get there... Will we? I I I have I, I have to believe and hope that that is true. So just believe. Okay, that was good. That was cool. Yeah. So. But no, seriously, when you get married. Child, please don't even ask me that. Like, listen, I don't. First off, it's not gonna be a full while because I don't have enough money to get married for the wedding I want. You can always go down to the courthouse. Some hey, ceremonies you know, are not, cheap. Not, honey. not this girl, you honey. You can pull a good, quick carry and big, <laughs> and then we'll come busting through the doors. I'll be down. When you can wear what you right. want. Yeah. <laughs> love, love, what you love. want. <laughs> hey, no, you will not get me in no suit. And the, we'll go we'll go right on down here to Mel's to diner. IHop. No, <laughs> no, honey. And have us a nice little family dinner. And that'll be cute. Toast with the no, 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 no. Little no, mason no. jars. Yeah. Absolutely not. Cute, cute. All right, let's take another break. And when we come back, we will hit up our signature segment entitled Fizz or Flat. So we'll be right back after. Let's this. get it. Okay. 
Okay, welcome back. It's time for what you've all been waiting for, baby. This is <laughs> what you came for. Lightning. Strikes. I don't know those words, to be honest. Strikes every time she moves. Um, I've got a song for everything. I've got a song you'd like to hear it, Rick. I know. You don't want to hear it. <laughs> all right, so Fizz or Flat yes. is where we, Marcus and Trent, get to give our ratings to some of the biggest moments in pop culture. The most talked about moments. I guess you could say that. Yeah. I don't think anybody's talking about any of your stuff. Oh, girl, they're but all okay. talking about it. Well, I'll go first. Fine, How about that? right. Go ahead. You go first. How about that? So we're going to talk about all you comic book nerds out there and me as well. Right. Um, the Batman. <laughs> we're going to talk about the Batman, the casting. Um, we've got some big casting moves. And so I'm pretty excited about this. I'm interested. Um, so as we all know, or if you don't know, um, what's his name? What's our boy's name? Robert Pattinson is going to be playing Batman in oh, this new okay. iteration of the Batman. That's an interesting choice. Yes. And I haven't then, seen Robert, Robert Pattinson in like 10 years. I haven't either. What does he look like now? The same. <laughs> Pale, white, brown hair. Same. Let's look him up. Anywho. Okay. Um, and so some casting news I've got. They're starting to fill out the ensemble. And um, Jeffrey Wright will be playing Commissioner Gordon. Um, and the latest news, uh, Paul Dano. Um, you may know him. His... What I remember him from was Little Miss Sunshine with Steve Carell and Abigail yes, he Breslin. Younger. He was the brother. What I've recently seen him in was the, Patric the Patricia Arquette Showtime series, Escape at Denmora. Oh, really? And he was bombing that. He's a really good actor. I like him. Paul Dano will be playing the Riddler. And the biggest news, the one that's been talked about and people have been kind of um, campaigning I, I'll tell you who I wanted to see, but I'll be intrigued to see how this goes because I'm a little on the fence about her. Zoe Kravitz will be playing Catwoman. Oh, I did see that announcement. That's yes. going to be exciting. So that was interesting. My first pick was Tiana Taylor. I wanted Tiana Taylor to do Catwoman. I thought that she would be dope in that role. I would have said Tika we Sumter before I said Tiana Taylor. Well, Tika Sumter's busy with Mixed Dish right now, so <laughs> sorry That's about true. it. Um, I would have liked to see Tiana Taylor play Catwoman. I, I know she can act. We all, I've seen her act already. Um, she's got the body for it, clearly. And like she, uh, to me, that just fits. Um, I will, I, I'm intrigued to see how Zoe's going to pull this off. But um, I, I'll give this a fizz because I think it's very great that, again, a woman of color is playing Catwoman. I yeah. think that's very exciting. Um, and I'm pretty sure that there will be some other... Um, people of color joining the cast in this movie as well. So that's exciting to me. Okay, cool. cool so cool, I'm giving cool. this a fizz. What about you? I'll, for Zoe, I'm definitely going to give it a fizz. Mm -hmm. And Paul Dano. I think that that's, yeah. Yes, I really like Paul Dano. Yeah, so I'll definitely a fizz for me as well. Okay. All right. All right. What you got? All right. So Supervillain is set to come to Showtime. So Showtime has ordered a three-part. Yes. Who? Showtime. Supervillain. Yes. What is that? I'm about to tell you. Okay. Showtime has ordered a three-part docuseries um, that will focus on the rapper Takashi Six. Child. Flat. <laughs> <laughs> what did, what did, um, what did, um, uh, what's her name? Kennedy Davenport Milk. <laughs> <laughs> right. Flat. Yeah, exactly. Um, Flat. <laughs> so, 
as it, this will follow him in his journey from Didn't becoming 50 Cent involved on one, this. Def, so there are a couple of projects that are out there, including one I heard that's actually going to be coming to Snapchat. I don't know how to feel about that. Flat. But anyway, um, this is one that's going to be coming to Showtime that will explore Takashi Six Nine's rise as an artist, and that will follow him through his recent. Um, legal woes. His recent journey through the legal system and the witness protection and becoming <laughs> yes an inf- um, an informant slash witness. You know, apparently um, he signed a ten million dollar deal with his record he label. He did sign a ten million dollar deal um, as well. I mean, which is a lot for a twenty three year old, right? Is like that that, he is? he's only twenty three. He is a yeah. He's, he's a, a he's a child. Um, his birth name is Daniel Hernandez. But in his uh, testimonies against former gang affiliates, um, he was able to exchange his testimony for a lower prison sentence. Mm -hmm. And so when he comes out, he'll be right there and sign for that $10 million record deal. Excuse me, $10 million record deal, as well as the biopic that 50 Cent, I think, is going to be starting to produce on him. Um, What I am a little nervous about and wanted to see how this works is that this Showtime documentary is going to actually be a collaboration between Showtime, uh, Rolling Stone, Lightbox, Imagine Documentaries. And so this could literally be and look like anything. Um, My only drawback is, is his story going to be interesting enough? I think it'll be be interesting because he was a a popular rapper and then he started to name names. And that may include other popular rapper, your other favorite rapper or their favorite celebrity. And, you know, in what what is it called? The gang Treyway or whatever it was. (laughs) Something along those lines. But I think that we'll have to see exactly how this comes. As we know, with cancel culture, Anything is possible, and this could conti- this could totally fall flat. It's a flat, and it is a flat for me. <laughs> I would give this a flat too. I'm just not as interested in the topic at all. Um, and so I think it's interesting that they're throwing all of this money and throwing all of this attention. There's like three or four different projects in the works for Takashi Six Nine, but at the end of the day, I don't know if they're going to be really bought into. I'm, by the public. I, I quote Wendy Williams. I'm only doing this because y'all want to hear about it. I don't care about this. <laughs> I'm only doing this. So, got you. Uh, speaking of Wendy Williams, yes. she got a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Shout out, Wendy. About time. Wendy has been an OG in the game and absolutely needed. And I'm glad she was able to get it. She um, she looked good too. I love the dress she had on. The wig was on point. Um, her son, Kevin Jr., was there, who is cute, by the way. Um, calm down. 18, though. Right, 19, calm down, so R. Definitely Kelly. too young for me. Don't do it. Don't do that. I uh, uh, wish that Sasha Lord. that's nothing to joke about. <laughs> that's nothing to joke about. But, no, congrats to her. So that's a total fizz for me. I'm glad she got her star finally on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Yeah, sure. Give her a star. I'm glad she got it, too. That's good. I'll Don't give be it a... so lackadaisical. No, I'll her. give it a fizz. I'm happy for her. That's good. Good for her. Okay, girl. All right. What else you got? Oh, so this is what I want to talk to you about. Black Mirror, the episodes that you watch on Black Mirror are definitely closer than you think. Do you know that they are micro-tripping Micro tripping, micro micro chipping people. I'm not drunk. Micro chipping people in Sweden. What do you mean? So, 
I'm glad you asked. What you talking about? Ha, 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 ha. So, thousands of Swedes, I guess that's what you call them, Swedes, yes, are starting to insert micro trips under their skin. That's what I said. Micro micro trips. Micro chips under their skin. For what purpose? So, these actually can do a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. So, for instance, let's say that you wanted, it could be a key to your home. Okay. It can um, be, it can get you into like your gym. Um, you can use them to store emergency contact information, social media profiles, e-tickets for events. You, If you wanted to use it for the train, you can use it for the train. Um, it's so interesting to me, and I just really couldn't believe it. It's about the size of a grain of rice right. that's inserted right under your thumb. Oh, they put it in your thumb. They put it in your thumb, and for oh. about a hundred and it's about a hundred and eighty dollars. This procedure costs, um, but you use it to gain access and to do so many different things. I'm a little scared. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm getting Same. real nervous um, about <laughs> the technology. Real, real and, nervous, and girl. It's just moving a little too fast for me. We've seen movies that have done okay. this and it didn't well. It's just it's moving things are moving a little bit too fast for me, and it seems to be a little bit too accessible. At 180 dollars, I'm like, wait, no, that means anybody and everybody can start to do this kind of stuff. Right. I'm I'm already questioning the security. I mean, this. all you got to do is cut off somebody's thumb and you've got access to everything Child. that they have. Yeah. There's been movies about this. Hello. I don't know, <laughs> but thousands of people are starting to do it in Sweden, mm-hmm. um, which means it's probably not going to be too far from coming over here to America it's if, it's, flat for me, if it's not already over here. But I thought it was just so interesting um, that we have now moved from phones to smartwatches to, to now, now microchips. Literally micro trips in people's right. Let thumbs. you tell it micro trips. Micro chips. You keep saying micro trips. Okay, so what I'm not going to do is go back and forth with you. Micro chips right. in you people's keep phones. Say, saying what you're saying. Um, so just be aware and be ready when people start. Um, Oh, I'm not getting one thumbs. of those. You, won't, you wouldn't get one? No. Why not? I have a hard time even... I don't even do face recognition. Could you imagine not having to carry around keys, debit card, uh-huh. anything like I'm that? I'm an old school girl. I need tangible, hard copies. <laughs> Marcus writes checks. Checks. <laughs> checks. Excuse me, honey. Excuse me. Right. I'll be that old girl store. at the grocery store holding up the line, writing the damn check. Like, hold on now. How much do I need to make this out oh, to? Oh, gosh. Let me go to endorses on the back real quick. Well, <laughs> Well, I mean, and it's Absolutely they say it's a not. very easy procedure. It basically is like a syringe that they'll stick in your thumb. And that's and fine. And that will insert your actual chip. No, ma'am. This is a fizz or a flat for you. Flat. No, ma'am. I think it's really interesting. I have a I'm hard scared, time but doing it's really interesting to face me. Face recognition. Like, I don't even, I just got a new iPhone. I don't even do face recognition on that bitch. I don't, I'm not trying to be on nobody's database or anything. So I go in and type my little passcode in every time I need to get on my phone. I think it's not it. doing it. Okay. Well. I don't do none of the little games, the little, the little trending things about, well, oh, put your face here and we'll tell you who you look like. Uh-uh, I ain't doing none of that. <laughs> okay. None of it. All right. So you will not be getting the micro trip. I'm still, will on, the, not. I'm still on the fence. I think it's, it's very interesting, but it's also very scary at the same time. I'm right. kind of torn. Um, I'm going to give it a fizz. Oh, okay. Good Just to keep you. things interesting. I'm going to give it a flat. That's a no for me, dog. That's fine. 
Okay, what's next for you? Um, my last thing is just in a moment to soak it all in. Sterling K. Brown is gracing the cover of Men's Health magazine, and he looks amazing. Long child, uh, thirsty, amazing. If he wasn't straight and married and had Give kids, water. then I'd try to holler at him. But I just—if you haven't seen the photos, just Google it. He's playing, you know, and you know what my favorite photo of him in that is—the one where he's playing basketball. Mm. He just kudos to you, Sterling. Congrats. That's okay. a total fizz for me. That's all I had. I'll give it out. <laughs> you are so thirsty. You had to put this in the podcast. What's wrong with that? You just wanted to. You I'm wanted supporting to talk about the him. black community. Yeah, and I'm black creatives. A, I'll give it a, a, a fizz too. Right. Yeah, you'd been the one to give it a flat. No, I'll give it a fizz. I'm just yeah. like Todrick. No, I definitely will give it a fizz. Girl. I'm um I'm happy for him and go yeah go boy. Anywho, <laughs> somebody's holding a gun to your head. Anyway, okay. all right for me, what I want to talk about, baby. I'm so excited. The Aretha Franklin oh biopic. Oh my god, the cast has <laughs> been announced. Oh my god. Okay, and it is star stacked. studded. Stacked. It is definitely star studded. Star stacked. stacked. And star packed, honey. Yes. So let's just kind of go through it. I'm really excited. So this is the actual biopic that will be starring Jennifer Hudson as Aretha Franklin. Uh, Which could potentially get her another Oscar nomination. I could definitely see that happening. But just to give you some names of the people coming on. Forrest Whitaker. Audra McDonald. Uh, Marlon Wayans. Uh, uh, who else? Titus Burgess. Mary J. Mary J. Blige. Blige. Um, I mean, the list just goes on and on. And it seems that this is going to be a hit. I mean, this this has definitely got me excited to see the I'm movie. I'm excited to see it. Um, what I'm ex- also really, I'm really happy about is that it seems to be a full marriage between Hollywood and Broadway. Um, if you just yeah, look a lot at the of Broadway, all of them, Heather Headley, Heather Headley, a lot of them have been Saint on Broadway. Saint Cloud Simblow, yes. Haley, Haley Kilgore, who was just in Once on This Island as T Moon, uh, they're all coming. Titus Burgess, who we know has been a Broadway actor, kind of making that film transition. Forrest Whitaker is actually going to be playing Aretha Franklin's father, um, who's the Baptist minister, and then uh, Marlon Wayans will be playing Ted White, which is Aretha Franklin's first husband. Okay, um, and then oh, the mother is going to be played by Audrey McDonald. So okay. he, you know, multiple Tony a winner. Um, so that's really exciting. Mary J. Blige is going to be playing Dinah Washington, um, while Titus Burgess will will be playing Reverend Dr. James Cleveland. And so shout out to Titus Burgess because he has been uh, creeping through some pretty big movies he lately, and has. I'm happy he's finally getting on. He definitely has. And so there's so many people that have been associated and been paired with this. Um, I'm really excited about what's going to come from this film. I'm already, let me get my ticket now. Same, because, you know, I'm a J-Hood stan, so I am definitely excited to see her performance. And then after seeing the cast, oh, yeah, I'm going to be in the movie theater. Yeah, so it's definitely a fist for me. What about you? It's a total fist. Gotcha. Total fizz. All right. Well, cool. All right. Do you got anything else? 
I don't have anything else. I did want to take a quick moment just to shout out three. Yes. So I'm so proud of them. Crystal, Kid Fury. Uh, TV so show. The read just money. Um, released their very first episode on Fuse TV. I enjoyed it. I had a good time. I liked it a lot. Uh, this, congrats to the both of you. Yeah, congrats to both of you doing the damn thing. Uh, I can't wait to see what comes from this and um, the moments that you guys bring on. I really love that the first guests they had were Jesus and Mero. Yes. Um, which yes. is also kind of just tying that in yes. to um, like podcast <laughs> and all of that. And just, you know, right. definitely shows the trajectory and the love uh, for podcast hosts of color. I really enjoyed that. And um, just look at you guys as role models for us. So thank you. <laughs> Very nice. Congrats, guys. Absolutely. All right. Is that everything? That's everything for me. What about you? That is everything. Any last thoughts? Yes. Last thoughts. What are last thoughts? Um, I think my last thought is going to be simply a declaration. Okay. And so my declaration is, um, going back to your spill segment, I absolutely want to get married one day. I absolutely want to have a family one day. But I also absolutely want to have a career, a successful career, you know? And so I think part of life is finding the balance between those things and find someone who not only compliments you, but also pours into you and, you know, makes you a better person. And then you also make them a better person and you grow together. And then that way, not only are your careers blossoming, but then your relationship is blossoming and then you get everything that you want. And so my final takeaway is that um, you can have it all. You can have it all. <laughs> you know, I, love that I know you can have you too can have it all. You too. You can too have it all. can have it all. Uh, for me, I am going back to um, the passing of Elijah Cummings. Oh, yes. And, you know, I said something. I was like, who else is going to be? Who else is now going to carry the torch? Don't worry. When John it Lewis shouldn't is still be, here. And I say that, but now that I've thought about it more and more, it shouldn't be just one person that's having to carry that torch. Right. It should be a collective. And right. so what are you doing to going to carry on his legacy? What am I doing to carry on his legacy? Um, and so just thinking about that and like wanting to push that on to other people as well. Um, you know, as our pioneers leave us, as our heroes leave us, we have to think about what we're going to do as individuals to carry on that, um, to carry on that cause. Absolutely. Cool. So. All right. So you guys, as always, <laughs> since I just found out about this last week, feel free to like us on Facebook. And I was waiting for y'all to read him on Facebook <laughs> and not knowing that there was a Facebook group. Like us on Cold Facebook Pop. at Cold Pop Show. Like us on Instagram at Cold Pop Show. Um, subscribe, rate, share. We are trying to comment, get a bigger audience. Like. Yes, do all of those things. Let us know. Is there something that you want to tag hear me? You want to comment on a, <laughs> a topic that we've talked about? Definitely let your let your voice be known. Yep, and follow me at on Instagram at Trenton Rashad and on Twitter at Trenton RD. And you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Marcus Drew Steele with an E on the end. We love getting feedback. We love getting photos and screenshots of you guys listening. So please keep those coming. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, we'll see you next week. All right. See ya. Bye, bitch.